Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. President Biden has called community colleges America's best-kept secret, even going so far as to propose free tuition as part of his Build Back Better agenda, which uh, we know today is going to be renamed the Better America agenda. Uh, We'll see that come up as uh, the president's uh, agenda and budget move forward. Uh, So the question then is the value. Uh, Now that the proposal's off the table, maybe back on in terms of this uh, new proposal, is getting your associate's degree worth it? How does that all stack up? Preston Cooper is a research fellow at the Foundation for Research on Equal Opportunity, working on higher education. Preston, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Boyd. It's good to be back. So as we uh, talk about uh, a new report uh, that you've got out there looking at uh, some of these things at the uh, associate's degree level, uh, we've talked about higher ed, we've talked about uh, advanced degrees and the value of that. Uh, What are we finding out as it relates to community college? That's a great question. So as you mentioned, you know, President Biden said community colleges are America's best kept secret during his State of the Union address. So we wanted to investigate whether that's true, at least in terms of whether they provide students with an education that's uh, worth the money. And we found that the answer is a resounding sometimes. So our measure of the financial value of education is called return on investment or ROI. And basically what we do is we look at how much a certain credential, an associate's degree or certificate, how much does that increase your earnings over your lifetime? And then we compare that to the cost, you know, tuition, fees, lost earnings because you're you're not working while you're enrolled you've got to spend time at the labor force and basically we find that it's it depends it depends a lot on your field of study we find that 58 percent of associate degrees those are two-year degrees uh will pay off um you're you're gonna you're gonna earn more earn back the cost of your education if you do 58 percent of associate degrees uh, and about 61% of uh, short-term certificate programs pay off. These are more, you know, vocationally oriented programs. Uh, right. But there are a lot of programs that do pay off and a lot of them that don't. Well, let's dig into that. Uh, let's start with some of those that seem to have the highest yield, the best return on investment uh, in terms of those associate degrees. Yes. One of the very best is uh, nursing. If you uh, try to become a registered nurse, you know, going through the uh, two-year associate's degree track, that's one of the best uh, 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 things you can do with a community college, basically. Uh, that's that's going to provide the highest return on investment, typically around $400,000 increase in earnings over the course of your lifetime. 
At the certificate level, um, a lot of certificates in the trades uh, are, are going to do really well on this return on investment metric. Uh, vehicle maintenance and repair, that's a good one. HVAC technology, precision metalworking like welding, licensed practical nursing, a lot of others in healthcare. Uh, a lot of these are doing, doing very, very well, and they're going to uh, get you a significant increase in lifetime er- earnings for a fraction of the cost of a bachelor's degree. Yeah, and so as, as you look at the uh, the flip side of those, those that may uh, not have uh, quite the same yield or return on investment, I think this is important for us to know. It's not that we're calling out any particular uh, school or or anything, but uh, it's it's sort of this idea of know before you go, know before you invest, uh, and go down that path, which I think is so important for our students to recognize as they go into these programs and make these investments. So, what are some of those that uh, maybe don't have that high yield return? Exactly, that's right. So one of the uh, certificates that does not have a high yield return is cosmetology. Um, and uh, this, is, this is kind of important because cosmetology is the most popular single certificate program in America. About 25% of all certificates are granted in cosmetology in beauty fields like hairstyling or manicuring. And it, it turns out that people who work in cosmetology fields having gone through one of these programs just don't earn enough to, uh, to earn back the cost of their education. Uh, if we move over to the associate's degree side, the two-year side, um, one of the worst is uh, liberal arts. It turns out that about 80% of uh, liberal arts associate's degrees are not going to pay off. And uh, I think one of the big reasons for that is that it's not preparing you for a specific career. Um, it's, it's not necessarily a degree that's leaving you with uh, skills that will easily translate into the labor market. And we see that students who uh, graduate with an associate's degree in liberal arts and um, and, uh, and and try to go directly into the labor market with that are usually not going to have a great time. Uh, really interesting. I'm not sure you have the answer to this. Uh, when you said cosmetology, I thought that was interesting. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of states that require uh, a lot of testing, a lot of certifications. There's a lot of regulation uh, that has to be met in some states. We've, we've gotten rid of a lot of that regulatory stuff here in the state of Utah. But is that part of the reason uh, why there is that uh, high demand uh, for cosmetology at those community colleges? Uh, I think you're exactly right. I believe, I'm so glad to hear that Utah is starting to get rid of some of these uh, licensing rules around cosmetology, but I believe that every single state in the union has some sort of licensing requirement for cosmetologists that requires you to go through a training program, I think usually around 1,200, 1,500 hours, so the better part of a year, uh, going through one of these training programs, uh, taking on student loans to, uh, to to pay the cost of tuition, usually not necessarily being able to work while you're doing that. Um, and it just turns out that uh, because of those um, uh, regulations, those licensing regulations, you need to go through one of these training programs in order to practice in your field. But it turns out that the, the uh, benefits from those programs are usually not going to exceed the cost. Yeah. And where, pe- where can people go to find the specific ROI for the, maybe a degree that they're thinking about uh, pursuing? Great. So if you go to freeop.org, that's F-R-E-O-P-P.org, uh, you'll be able to find all of our estimates of uh, the return on investment of a community college education. There's a fun little searchable table where you can type in the name of an institution, your local community college, uh, and you can see all of the degrees uh, that are at that institution, and you can see what we, uh, what we estimate the uh, return on investment is for each one of those degrees. Wonderful. And Preston, before uh, I let you go, is there anything else that uh, people should be looking at, uh, whether it's somebody who's just, you know, first time going to college, beginning that process, or someone maybe who's looking at going back mid-career or change of career? Anything else we should be thinking about as we focus on that? 
Well, I would say the number one thing you should be thinking about, you know, if you're if you're looking to to uh, get a good financial return from your education, you should be thinking about field of study. I think that we emphasize tend to emphasize a lot what college you're going to, what institution you're going to. We have things like the U.S. News and World Report, which ranks different colleges, but we find that most of the uh, variation most uh, in, uh, in return on investment is going to be down to your field of study. It's going to come down to your major. And if you're going to go uh, to a nursing program at a community college, you're much more likely to see a positive return on investment than if you do an arts program at an Ivy League university. So it really comes down to uh, what you decide to major in, uh, not necessarily where you decide to go to college. Uh, great insight. Preston Cooper, Research Fellow at the Foundation for Research on Equal Opportunity, F-R-E-O-P-P.com, working on higher education. Preston, appreciate your perspective as always. Thanks very much. Good to be back. All right. Uh, great insight there from Preston. And this is just part of what I think is uh, this no before you go strategy. You got to have a strategy before you go in. If you're just showing up to show up, uh, that's usually not enough and often leads to wasted time and wasted resources and, and could hurt you down the line. Uh, and to me, the most important thing that you're going to learn in any uh, schooling effort is learning how to learn, the discipline of learning. But I think the most important thing, especially with the rate of change, the pace of change in our world today, is you got to learn to love learning and you got to be committed to being a lifelong learner because it's what you're going to learn after you get your degree that's really going to determine your success for the long haul. So, yes, if you're going in there with a very specific mindset and focus, uh, and as long as you're learning the discipline to learn and you're becoming a lifelong learner, uh, but make sure you know as you're going in, what is the cost? What's the return on investment? How much is this going to help you as you move your way along? All important things for us to con- consider, uh, but we believe everybody ought to be a lifelong learner. All right, we're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. Coming up, why is the IRS taking over, uh, taking forever to send you back your tax refund? Might have something to do with all those deductions you took. Will McBride from the Tax Foundation joins us to talk about that coming up next. Stay with us. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.